Welcome to CII Radio. In this episode, we're talking to members of the Link LGBT Insurance Network. In this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Prashant Mahendran, Catastrophe Analyst at Neon, Mary-Anne Cowie, London Market Underwriter at Zurich and Chair of Zurich Pride UK, and Jeff Godwin, UK COO of AIG and Exec Sponsor for LGBT Network. Here we're discussing the Link LGBT Insurance Network and diversity and inclusion in the insurance sector. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Hello to you all and thank you for joining us here on CII Radio. Thank you for having us. Thank very, you. Very, thank very you. welcome. Um, so for any of our listeners, um, Prashant, that may not have heard of the Link Network, can you give us um, a bit of an overview of what, what they actually do? Um, so I think uh, one of the key things that Link does is it helps educate the wider industry on the LGBTQI plus issues. So um, basically all the networks from the different companies can sort of collaborate together as well and they can all attend these events. So I think it's a good way to link all the larger companies but also the smaller companies who may or may not have their own LGBT networks or DNI networks. So another thing um, that we do is we, um, we host quite a lot of events. So a lot of these events involve talks and we've got some keynote speakers but there are also a lot of networking opportunities for people in the industry to meet other people like them. And a key word we like to use is role models. So it's a good way to meet other role models in the industry who are LGBT because you may not see them as often as you would um, for other groups. Excellent. Um, so how did each of you become uh, involved with Link and, and what's your kind of current role with the network? So for me, it was a bit of an accident, really. They put a call out in the uh, newsletter for some volunteers to help with diving, which is the inclusion at Lloyd's annual um, DNI festival. Um, went along to that first meeting and Teresa, who's been very involved with Link uh, along the way, asked for someone to step up and start leading that process and then by that then suddenly get involved with the committee and then sort of that was March 2017 and I sort of never looked back really so I'm sort of stuck there which is a, which is definitely a good thing um and in terms of I currently sit on the committee but don't really have a specific role at the moment but I think we sort of lean towards a bit more of that comms and events side of things for me and Prashant, you're on the committee as well, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, I joined a couple of years ago after speaking at an Aeon and um, QBE event when I was working at QBE. Uh, and I got approached to sit on the committee. And um, since then, I've just been involved, as Marianne says, quite ad hoc. It, um, we haven't got a strict role right now, but I tend to be involved with things like making videos, um, helping out with events and among other things. And Jeff, um, I understand you've been involved with Link for, for a number of years. Is that right? That's right. Yes, it's been a, an incredible journey to be part of Link from um, the very beginning and be a, um, a huge advocate and supporter of how important networks are, um, particularly within our industry. And if I think back to some of the conversations I used to have with people um, who came along to link events was that they just didn't know that there were other LGBT professionals within the insurance industry. Um, and that was really the biggest benefit of creating link in the very first place, because we've moved on a long way. Um, and it, it definitely had a, a place at that point. I understand that some of the work link does um, is involved with attracting and maintaining um, diverse talent in insurance. Um, how important would you say that that continues to be? I, uh, massively. And I think the key for us is, is very much that you can't attract someone in unless you're going to have that environment they're going to feel welcome and safe and you know a part of that environment once they get there so um, that's certainly I think been the focus of the last few years is just bringing you know companies and 
exec sponsors and everybody else on board to really promote that environment um, so that now we can go out and sort of talk about all that great work we're doing and get out to places like Student Pride and indeed all the Pride parades, you know, we, we can back that up and say, look, come and work for us. We really want this talent, but also you're going to feel welcome and safe once you get there absolutely um so yeah of course i mean maintaining the and attracting the best talent in insurance is is obviously very important but you know you're only going to get that talent if you appeal to a diverse range of people yeah and i think we have to face up to the fact that our industry is seen as very traditional and link has provided so much guidance and by creating a network we're able to share best practice and understand what Normally, competitors would not be in a position to share, um, but we all have a vested interest to bring the best talent into our industry. And only by understanding what others are doing and getting a collective front as to, you know, making our industry look a bit cooler than perhaps it used to. And I think as well, you know, linking it back to the role models piece, that has been a fundamental shift in the industry over the last five years. And having those role models, and again, Link has done some incredible work, and there is a Link role models um, guidance out there where um, some of us, and I was involved in that, um, you know, kind of put ourselves forward. Um, and there is some risk attached to that, I think, of, you know, individuals um, standing up and wanting to be uh, visible. Um, but it has really helped. And I think, you know, we can speak with authenticity about, you know, that it's actually quite an okay place to come and work um, and you know I've done a lot of work uh, meeting with students and creating insight days for people to come in and just understand what insurance is about um, and some of the funny comments that you get back from students is that oh you're quite normal um, which is quite funny for me working in insurance and being gay that's not the kind of label that I get very often but to hear from um, students that's um, you know a really um, exciting thing to hear that that we are genuinely making a difference absolutely and very encouraging that, that more and more young people are getting getting interest in, interest in insurance and financial services as a career um, do you still feel that an individual's sexuality or gender identity can can be a barrier to career success I think that it can be and I think it always will be to some extent at least for the foreseeable future and that's kind of why we exist obviously I can't speak for everyone but I think um, it's changed quite a lot even in the um, three years I've been in the industry but um, people will occasionally talk to you about the culture that they have in their specific company so it varies company to company and some places have um, targeted themselves because they know that they've got a lot to improve on and some places haven't yet but as they do that's just the that's just the process of how we get to where we want to be and a lot of people feel that because of their sexuality or because of their gender identity they might not get as far as other people now whether that that's true and is actually going to affect them or they just feel that that might affect them in the long run either way it's something that's showing that there needs to be work done there um, so I think yeah there's a lot there's a lot um, we need to do to move forward in there and I think there'll always be work to be done but um, we've made quite a lot of progress I think I'd also just add that I think you know we've obviously put sexuality and gender identity in that same sort of question but someone's experience now is going to feel very very different you know I, I'm a cisgendered gay woman so actually and, and dress relatively femininely, you know, my identity is, is quite feminine. So I don't get put in a necessarily a, a box or a bucket when I walk into a, a meeting room because people just sort of think, oh, it's, it's Marianne, let's talk about underwriting. Right, so I have, you know, had quite positive experiences. I don't feel like my sexuality is holding me back. But I do, I do worry that perhaps we're moving to an area of time where as more and more people feel 
comfortable, I suppose, declaring their gender identity and coming out as trans, that, that st we're still in quite a transition period there. And I think that that's where we need to give quite a lot of support um, so that they might look very different for, for two different people, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, it is still a barrier, whether we like it or not. When you look at some of the um, the Stonewall research that's been done, um, you know, students at university will be very comfortable to be out. As soon as they enter the workplace, they're not so much. And it's a very, I think, human um, instinct to want to conform and be part of a group. And, you know, our sexuality and gender identity can make us look and feel different to other people. So I think it's so important for everyone listening to this podcast to do their part of, you know, whether they um, recognize themselves as LGBT plus or as an ally. Um, everyone can do more to just make it feel like a welcoming place wherever they might work or in the industry. Um, one of the things that I do, and I would ask everyone to do this, is that you know I go and meet all new starters um, and make it absolutely clear that as a gay man in a traditional industry, um, I feel completely comfortable telling them that. Um, and that's not because I want them to know that I'm gay. It's that I want them to know that you know this industry and the company that I work in it's safe for me to stand up and say that. And I think the more people that can do that and just um, use that language and make it normal, um, then we will attract um, and keep people within the industry. Comes back to what you're saying about role models, I suppose, as well. You know, being a senior member, you know, it's great that you step up and, and take that role on because, it, you know, you don't want to feel like you're sort of shoehorned into that position as the senior gay guy. But it's really good. Excellent. So there, there's definitely progress being made, but it is something that needs to can be continually worked on. And that's why I, uh, I suppose organisations like Link are continue to be so important. Um, what kind of uh, positive changes have you seen kind of during your careers um, up to this point um, in the kind of insurance and financial services professions? So I'm coming at it from, I suppose, quite a new to the industry um, position. So I, I've only worked here for, you know, just coming up for four years. So for me, those changes have perhaps been accelerated in some areas, but also quite quite small, I guess, in what maybe if you're looking at a 10-year period. Um, you know, I, I think I was a little bit nervous joining, you know, certainly to suddenly start talking about your girlfriend and try and drop that into conversation, but sort of, but sort of sheer sort of bloody mindedness. I was like, I'm not going to go back in the closet. But I feel like that has, maybe that's me growing up and being a bit more confident, but I don't feel like I have quite that same you know, nervousness around that. And and I think that's because we talk about it so much more, you know, the networks internally, you know, such as Zurich Pride UK are a lot more noisy, you know, in a good way, they're sort of making themselves known. And you see it a lot more, you know, even the little things like the rainbow lanyards, you start to see, you know, it, it makes me smile every time I see one walking down, the, you know, down the street all the way into work. And it might seem like a little thing, but again, it's just those constant reassurances that it's okay, you know, it, it's a good place to work. Um, so, and I think talking to some other colleagues that have perhaps been around for a bit longer, they definitely feel like they're more comfortable talking about their husband, wife, or, you know, what they've been up to at the weekend, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I don't know. Just the policies as well is definitely moving in the right direction. I think probably that's the biggest thing. Influenced by Stonewall, perhaps, as well, hopefully. But I think you start to see a lot more gender-neutral language, a lot better in terms of maternity and paternity, care and leave, all, all the rest of it, that, that suddenly breaks down those barriers that, everyone's sort of opportunities are equal 
I mean, it's a competitive market, isn't it? So I think uh, the minute one company hires a DNI professional, the other companies are going to feel obliged to, whether for the right or wrong reasons initially, uh, to sort of follow suit. And then eventually that will make a difference because you're taking a step in the right direction and everybody else has to kind of follow you as well. I think that's a benefit of working in this sort of market, maybe. Um, everybody sort of wants to keep up on the DNI space as well as in any other space. Um, I think. Um, I joined even more recently than Marion, so only three three years ago, but I've still seen a difference. Um, for example, with them uh, raising the rainbow flag at Lloyd's, just little things like that, which for me, I, um, like Marianne, I sort of never really went back into the closet, but I know that there are other people that may not be as sort of outspoken as me and, and they might feel a bit more shy about it. And I think seeing visible things like that and the lanyards sort of makes a difference for them um, and they've told me that they, they feel more comfortable with it. So, um. Jeff, it's something you, you touched on um, briefly earlier. I mean, is there anything you'd encourage listeners to think about in their own working environments and things they do every day, perhaps people that are a little bit higher up or even people, you know, entering the industry? Is there any kind of message or things people can do and think about in their own workplace? Yeah, absolutely. Now I feel like the old guy in the room. Um, uh, I guess I will disclose I've been in the industry 26 years. Um, so I have seen huge change. And when I think back to when I entered the industry um, all those years ago, it didn't feel like a safe environment to be gay um, and really talk about it and publicize it. Um, and I definitely had the view then that it would be career limiting. And I think back then it probably would have been. Um, so I have seen those um definite positive changes and I would say that it's accelerated over the last sort of five years um, and things like Marianne mentioned earlier with the diving festival um, within the industry it started in London um, so it has a real um, I think emphasis um, within our marketplace here in the square mile that has now you know dissipated out to the rest of the UK and it is now in over 30 countries um, globally and and seeing those changes and just the amount of people getting involved whether they're allies or people that you know recognize themselves with any protected characteristic that you might be talking about including LGBT plus um, it's really that piece of people having the conversation and you know some of the positive um, things that I see is that we're recognizing that it's not as straightforward as labeling everyone as that they might be gay or they might be disabled um, they might be a woman you know all of those things are so often you know intertwined um, and that's why inclusion is now so uh, recognized as kind of the way forward um, and I think by having those conversations and just treating each other as human beings, it's really not any more complicated than that. And if you're asking the right questions in a respectful way, I don't know anyone that would be offended if people are asking about their background, their culture, you know, their ethnicity, where they've come from, you know, what they did with their partner at the weekend. If you just use the right language, you're never going to walk into that trap of offending someone because you might have assumed that they're straight or assumed that they're gay or a lesbian, you know, whatever the um, situation might be. So I think it's just having that thought, treating each other with respect and as humans. Um, and for me, that now is the conversations that I see, I hear and I have. Um, so that just feels different. Mm. In terms of work, the working environment sort of piece, and and obviously that's sort of the, the personal, I guess, what Jeff was just saying about behaviours. But you know, there are some easy things you can do just to even just to keep it in people's minds because I think you know we don't 
we always put quite a lot of pressure on ourselves to do a big event or a huge, you know, entry into the London Pride Parade or something like that. But it doesn't have to be that big. You know, if you're limited on budgets and you're limited on on resource, you know, there are so many visibility days throughout the year. For example, you know, we've got an internal workplace Facebook-esque page. I'm sure a lot of other other companies have similar things. You know, if it's just back to basics on posters upon walls, you know, today was you know, Lesbian Day of Visibility, you know, just a little bit about that, or when it's the Intersex Day in October, whatever it might be, you know, some of these things just get people talking, get people going, oh, I didn't know about that, can I learn a bit more? And then, again, the more aware you are, and then the more you think about your own language, and and just the more you learn, I think that all just then creates quite an authentic and quite natural progression as well. Um, So returning to to the Link Network then, um, we're kind of coming to the end of of 2019 now. Um, What kind of things has the uh, network got planned for 2020 and kind of beyond that? I think in general, um, we're looking to sort of build on what we mentioned earlier in this chat about maintaining workplaces that attract LGBT plus talent. So um, all the good work that we've got going with um, Student Pride and everything about attracting new talent and keeping them here and showing them that it's a good place to work and all the collaboration we've done there i think that's going to be a key focus of something for the future um, we're going to carry on with what we've been doing so sort of targeted events um, collaborating with um, things like inclusion at lloyd's and having keynote events of course to raise money for charities that are relevant to us but on top of that i think one of the focuses was looking at the piece about attracting talent because that's the next step i think and um, that would be the focus going forward um, excellent. And, and where would you direct our listeners if they wanted to find out more? I know earlier on you mentioned the link role models guidance. Um, is there somewhere that um, people can go to, to find out more or to, to kind of support the network and the work they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say first port call, we've, we've got a website. It, you know, if you if you Google LGBT insurance network link, um, it should be one of the, if not the top one um, and then there's loads of loads of information on there so there you can find all the role model profiles and you get the full version as well online the printed version was obviously a little bit more condensed so that's de- that's definitely a good read and then from there you've got links to sign up for our newsletter so that goes out monthly along with some other ad hoc ones as well uh, to advertise all the events and we also support other companies as well so any of the events that are happening locally that may not even be link you know run we'll, we'll advertise in there and of course we've, we've got a twitter and, a, and an instagram and a facebook page as well so pretty much whatever you're social media way of choice you should be able to find us but i think that's probably yeah i think just as marianne said definitely keep an eye on our events page if you if you want to get involved and um, you can sort of see any events near you and we also have link up north so any events going on up there like leeds and uh, yorkshire and that area um you can sort of get involved that way um but also i'd say to look at the stonewall website as well because a lot of research done on stonewall um on what um, was mentioned earlier uh, what jeff mentioned earlier which was around the statistics that they've published and I think it'd be quite useful to just take a look there um, just to give some perspective as well Um, they've got quite a lot of useful information Excellent. Well, we'd certainly encourage our, our CRI members and our, and our wider listenership to, to um, visit those sites and find out more and, um, and get involved. Come along, get involved. We promise we're a friendly bunch. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, um, all of you. It's been a, a great to get an insight into the Link um, Network and, and hearing about the, the excellent work that's been done across the insurance sector. So thanks for joining us on CII Radio. Thank you. Thank you you very much for having us. Excellent. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, To find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts, or you can find us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, thanks for listening to CII Radio and goodbye.